For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Welcome back to Short Hops and Tall Tales, a pictureless podcast highlighting the weird, funny, and bizarre elements of baseball that make America's pastime special when it's played. Mm. I'm Noah Scott, and I'm once again thrilled to reintroduce my my gent- <laughs> gentacular co-host, there you Brandon go. Riddle, to the show. Did I say that correctly? Gentacular? Yeah, gentacular sounds right. Sure. Uh, it, it, it just means pertaining to breakfast. It, Brandon, it is 5.23 p.m. <laughs> yeah, but I just assume people wake up and immediately play this every single day. So we can be gentacular together. Now that you mention it, I kind of – I feel like – I feel like it's not a bad breakfast podcast. I always no. kind of envisioned it as like how I listen to my podcast, which is like a traffic podcast. But I feel like that's a that's a good one. Too. I feel like that's a better connotation than a tra- than traffic is is breakfast. Yeah, well, that's the try. That's the kind of energy we try to bring. Is hey, let's start the day right, guys. Let's be gentacular together and talk about baseball. Speaking yeah. of baseball. We got a couple of things we're talking about today. <laughs> we do, we do. What are we talking about? Uh, so we have prank wars. Like I love a good prank in baseball, so we'll talk about a couple of those. Uh, we of course have a pickle jar, and uh, we'll see. Maybe we do uh, another topic after that. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll keep them keep them uh, interested. You know, they never know what's coming next. Uh-huh. Uh, just like it looks, I don't know what this pickoff trivia question is about. Why don't you you read it out? Yeah, so somebody is a, a big Dodger fan, so I try to keep your interest in this podcast once in a while. So the pickoff trivia is: How many nicknames of the Brooklyn Dodger franchise can you name? I feel like, good about like, this. Like one. team names. I feel very very good about this one. Uh, I'm just gonna go uh, Superbas, uh, which also like that's also a word that I've only ever read. So I kind of always wondered: Is it Superbas? I've always I've I've I, I pronounced it the same way you did because yeah, I okay. only ever read it. I, I've never heard it said aloud. Maybe like super base. Uh, maybe we're both well. Super off. base. Uh, of course, there's the uh, the Brooklyn bridegrooms. Um, oh, I just had another one. They had okay, so they had a serious identity crisis in like you know the early 1900s, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, what was it? I just had it. Okay, okay, okay. Um, do you know them all off the top of your head? Or um, I know a couple more. Okay, why don't you you give us one and I'll see see if it um, tossles anything. In mind. The the infants. The infants? I yeah. didn't know that one. Were the infants? <laughs> it, it was very brief for about a season. So, infants. Wow, that is almost as bad as that team that was called the Orphans. Uh, oh, Robins. 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 There the, you go. Robins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one I was thinking of. I think. I don't think I can name any more. I, I feel like those were the three oh, okay. big ones. Was so there was a big one you missed in the 1880s. Uh, the oh, of course. Uh, yeah, of course. yeah, yeah. The Atlantics. The Brooklyn I've Atlantics. Never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, they called that for about twenty years, and it was a ref- it was a reference to the amateur club that played there twenty years earlier. Really, twenty years of being called the At- Atlantics, and I hadn't heard Brooklyn that. Atlantics. Yeah, I'm a fake fan. <laughs> but you did get almost all of them. The bridegrooms. Uh, that is kind of an odd one. Uh, the story there is that six yeah. players were married during the season, so the press just called them the bridegrooms. Sure. You know, it was funny because uh, I want to say after 2019, summer 2019, something like that, the Dodgers had like a summer or I mean a winter where like four four or five of them got married. I think it was like might have been I could be wrong, but I think it was like Corey Seager, Will Smith, um, <laughs> maybe like Chris Taylor in there. But it was but people were joking about like, yeah, you could go, go back and name them the the, the bridegrooms. bridegrooms again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and for the Super Buzz, 
so the deal there is after they uh, won the championship in the early 1900s, uh, there was a circus act called the Hanlon Superbaw. And for some reason, the press just started calling the team Superbaz. Sure. Yeah. You know that that is reminiscent of the time I I threw I renamed my fantasy baseball team after the new Godzilla versus Kong movie because I was just so jazzed by it that I was like I gotta I gotta pay tribute so I, I could see how they Excellent. might do that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure and, the Toronto Raptors actually named their team after the Jurassic Park films. So yeah, because they, they were came came up at the same time. Just like yeah. the Rockies mascot Dinger is a dinosaur because they found dinosaur fossils where Coors Field was built. Oh. If you didn't know that. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with Superbuzz, the infants, the story there's Charles Ebbets, he of Ebbets Field, uh, said baseball is in its infancy. And I guess the press ran it with that and just called the team the infants for a while. That is horrible. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. There's no defending that name. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're rolling out the infants. Uh, uh, like- and here they come. They look a little cranky today. Um, and then we have the... <laughs> right. And then we have the Robins. Uh the best backstory I found here is that one of the team managers just kept calling the team the Robins, and that was it. And it stuck okay. for a while. Yeah. Cool. And, of course, <laughs> we get the Charlie Dodgers in the early 19- yeah, 1890s. Uh, but it wasn't official until, I think it was 1928, I want to say. Oh, yes. sorry, ni- ni- 1933. That's very late, uh, considering you know all the other original teams from, from that time. Well, I mean, even the Yankees went through a whole bunch of changes, too. They, they were the they Highlanders the for the longest time, yeah. which is a much cooler name than well, the Yankees. <laughs> Originally, they were the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> also true. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny thinking about, like, and in, in really going into, like, baseball history, and you read about, like, um, of course, I'm not thinking, uh, Milwaukee Braves, right? And then yeah. it's like, that's a completely different franchise than the team that's in Atlanta now. Boston right? Braves, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You've got all of these teams that, like, even, like, in the case of the Yankees, like, uh, you know, the Baltimore Orioles w- went to New York, became the Yankees, and very, very uh, much later, another team called the Orioles was created. It's kind of like, up, yeah. Kind of like, I think, in the NBA, they did that with uh, the, the Hornets, the Charlotte Hornets, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, and actually, the, and I thought the Hornets were like this really weird team name, but then I actually learned what it meant. Do you know what it means? I figured it, a hornet just like the, the wasp. No. Uh, so during the Revolutionary War, uh, the British called people from Charlotte Hornets because they were just so fierce and all over the place. So that's Charlotte awesome. Hornets. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's, that's cool. Really rad. Yeah. <laughs> so I it's mean, no longer just a mediocre name. It has it's that's cool meaning behind it. That's really cool. I do think that as far as like bad team names go, I feel like the bridegrooms isn't that bad. Like that's got good character to it. It's yeah, it's got the unique flavor. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you've got a league where that's this is kind of reminding me of the conversation I think we had about you know the Guardians name change, where it's like okay, you can't really talk down on a name when you've got two teams named after socks. Yeah. <laughs> And before, I'm pretty sure there were, there were at least like three at one point. Yeah, they just keep coming up with socks for some reason. I don't know why baseball was obsessed with socks in the early 1900s or stockings. Very, yeah. Yeah, that is weird. Like, that's, what's the equivalent today? I mean, I'm sure it's still socks. <laughs> <laughs> Did socks just have more like cultural relevancy before the flip-flop was invented? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. I guess we'll, we need <laughs> to find out why socks was, it was such. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay. Anyway, so yeah, Brooklyn Dodgers had a lot of nicknames at the end of the at the end of the day. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, and uh a lot of nicknames. Another huge part of baseball culture uh is just a long history of pranks. 
Uh, I how do you feel about pranks, Brandon? Are you a big prank guy or not so much? I, if they're not being committed on me, I love pranks. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I feel like that's probably most people's opinion on on pranks. They're much more funny when you're in on it. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're <laughs> baseball's got a really uh, not only entertaining but highly disturbing history with pranks that we're gonna get into <laughs> in a second here. And I just picked out because I, I was just looking looking them up. I was like, it'd be cool to do an episode about pranks. So maybe we'll do another segment. Uh, with pranks in the future because there's just so many oh i'm sure we can have an entire podcast yeah. just about baseball pranks yeah i feel like it'd be cool as like a you know a segment um so i picked out two of my favorites uh this first one uh was really hard to track down because it's it's one of those stories that is you know it's it's there there's a reason why it, it's not um highly publicized uh <laughs> because it involves uh frank sinatra and a kidnapping this all makes sense. <laughs> Already off to a good start. So uh, back in the 1960s, uh, there were two ball players, two uh, perennial all-stars. Also, by the way, I, I found this prank uh, through Norm MacDonald uh, was telling he, he was telling the story. Norm MacDonald, of course, the comedian is a pretty funny guy. And he I guess the story was told to him through uh, Bob Uecker, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the classic catcher that seems to pop up in our episodes once every every couple of weeks. Um, but anyway, it centers around a pair of all-star players in Don Drysdale and Ken Boyer. Uh, now, these were two very high-profile stars that faced off for years in the National League. Uh, Ken Boyer was a perennial all-star uh, for the Cardinals in the 1960s. I think he was an all-star like 11 times. Uh, he <laughs> won the NL MVP in 1964. And uh, I don't know, before I read this, I actually had never heard of Ken Boyer. Had really? you... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just a hole in my knowledge. Or... I, I I knew his name, but I didn't really know more than that other than, hey, he's a okay. good player back in the day. Yeah, I, and I feel like when I kind of dug into his stats, I was like, wow, he won an MVP. He was 11-time All-Star, like almost borderline. You know, He was borderline Hall of Fame candidate. Uh, I just thought it was kind of interesting that that was just one of the guys I hadn't really heard much about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was essentially known for you know being an excellent hitter great fielder at third base uh and he yeah he was played for the cardinals for a long time the other key part of this prank is a picture i know a lot about and that is uh the dodgers hall of famer uh, don drysdale now drysdale was a uh, pitcher for the dodgers in the 50s and 60s and one of the twin emperors of the uh, los angeles teams along with his pal sandy koufax now that was just in a totally unfair one-two punch. That's uh, a pretty and, good one-two. I'll give you that. And I feel like a lot of the time when you talk about those two pitchers, like Drysdale, if anything gets well, he gets overshadowed because you're talking about the greatest, one of the greatest pitchers. Left ever. arm of God, yeah. Yeah, Sandy I've, Koufax. Like, I've, I've also never heard that uh that, that nickname of him, Two Emperors. That's really cool. That's a cool nickname. So I I actually read it. Uh, John Wiseman is a uh, a uh, he was a writer for the Dodgers, and he wrote a very very cool book that I could send to you. It's a uh, it's it's about the Dodgers uh, pitching tradition. So it goes mm. through all of their pitchers, uh, and then his uh, his brother does a lot of really cool uh, you know animated shows that I really like. Uh, <sighs> Uh, just a very weird it's a very weird crossover of talent that is like right in my lane it's like dodgers (laughs) and then like young justice and like teen titans right oh absolutely anyway back to don drysdale so uh 
Drysdale, for those of you who don't know, um, he <laughs> he was a monster, right? Uh, in 1968, he set MLB records with six consecutive shutouts. Uh, that's, you know, a game not giving up a run. Uh, and 58 and two-thirds consecutive scoreless innings. That record would later be broken and is still held by uh, Dodger legend Oral Hershiser. Uh, so Drysdale, I mean, there's a reason he's in the Hall of Fame, too. Sure, he wasn't, you know, as good as Sandy Koufax, but he was a monster. He also had a very, very infamous mean streak. Right? So he was also a monster. <laughs> yeah, he was, He was. you know, think of Max Scherzer and then dial up the violence just a little bit. Um, this guy hated when a hitter would would really dig his feet into the box and, and mess up the batter's box. Like, why do you care? It's You're on the mound. Uh, he also hated when they crowded the plate, right? So he would just throw at batters to get in their, uh, you know, to get off his plate, mm-hmm. to get in their heads. Uh, and he would actually tell batters he was going to throw at them, like, even, you know, during and before games because this guy was a little unhinged. Right? Very Gibson-esque. Yeah, you know, he's right up there with Bob Gibson, right? Like that kind of same mentality of the old school. I own the mound. Mm-hmm. You're lucky to be here and and walk away from, you know, anyway. And just so you get the full picture, there's a couple of fun quotes I dug up. And so Frank Robinson, uh, the legendary uh, player for the Reds, said, he hit me more than anyone else. He kept me going like a rocking chair. <laughs> that night, I always felt like I had been wrestling a bear. I was so tired when I left the ballpark, but I respected him for the way he went about his job. Different era. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like people might not take that uh, too kindly today. And then Mickey Mantle said, he said, uh, I know Don Drysdale is trying to hit me. He'll even come to the batting cage and say, where do you want it today, big boy? <laughs> I love that so much. I, I, Can you imagine <laughs> like, going up to an inner circle Hall of Famer like Mickey Mantle? Of course, Drysdale's a Hall of Famer himself, but going like, I'm going to hit you. You pick the spot. Oh, I would say, no, put it over the plate. That's where I'd I want it, over there. I'd be, I'd be terrified. Oh, my, the old knee's acting up today. You got to take me out. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was that's a little bit about Don Drysdale. Okay. Another fun fact is, you know, as a, a bit of a partier, he was also known to enjoy the occasional prostitute. Eh, once in a while treat yourself <laughs> and so that is uh so that's the background for this story so it really begins uh when the dodgers were on a road trip uh and uh i i, I found a couple so there's really not a lot of information about the story like i said so there's some conflicting reports the one i found most common was that it happened in milwaukee uh, but anyway they're on a road trip and drysdale he wanted some company for the evening in yeah. a hotel and so he calls up one of his favorite girls uh, you know they start to get busy and then all of a sudden you hear you know pounding on the door right uh you know it's like police open up right the whole thing and the police actually you know they come in and they raid the room and arrest drysdale for sleeping with a prostitute are, are, are they just like having the covers over them like a typical like sitcom moment how, <laughs> how is that how's that working out i'm sure that they were surprised <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they arrest him for soliciting uh, or for sleeping with a prostitute and also soliciting a minor. Oh, and of course, Drysdale's like, I didn't know that. Uh, so they <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let me remind you, this was like one of his favorite girls, right? Um, and so they drag him. The police dragged him out, out through down the hall of the hotel, out, out through the lobby. Of course, everyone's in the lobby, and so he's just in full view of his teammates, of just other people in the hotel. And, and again, I'm wondering, like, is, does he have a sheet around his waist, or what's going on here? 
I don't know what the protocol is. I would hope they let him just, you know, throw some pants on. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's super, you know, basically went the, the full 90 yards to, to embarrass him in front of everyone in, in the, the hotel, uh, made a huge scene and they dragged him out in the street and put him in the cop car. Uh, only then, uh, after a few minutes, uh, was it revealed that it was all a setup that, uh, you know, his, his rival Ken Boyer, uh, actually had a connection with the police department and it was all a prank <laughs> that he had organized. <sighs> Now, I don't know how you go and step in against Don Drysdale and get thrown at and then come to the conclusion that this is the guy I want to prank. But that's what happened. I mean, that sounds... I, I, just... I, I, I love that they absolutely knew where he was going to be with and who that night. Like, oh, okay, Don's in town. <laughs> we know what's going on. Let's do this. <laughs> like, that's that's something I didn't think about. Like, they're like, oh, he's in town. He's definitely going to call up. Call, uh, um yeah so anyway you he messes with drysdale and i don't i don't know how anyone with like a natural inclination for Mm self-preservation thinks that's a good idea and so obviously drysdale he vows that he will have his vengeance uh now drysdale was a very well-connected man uh living in los angeles uh in the 60s and he had one particularly powerful ally a man you might have heard of his name is uh frank sinatra now, Sinatra had some connections of his own, some some rather unscrupulous connections with the mob. What? Sinatra? No. I know. I know. Just shocking. Uh, he's going to get canceled. Uh, so <laughs> Sinatra said, he's like, look, Don, you know, we're friends. I'll help you get Boyer back. And so Sinatra went and made some phone calls. So Boyer later, they come back to Los Angeles on a road trip. And uh, he was showering off a lousy 0 for 4 performance uh, where he actually struck out to end the game. So already, already bad day for Kevin yeah. here. Not, he needs he a slump buster. Oh, God. Uh, next pickle <laughs> jar word. Uh, God. Don uh, knows my, about that. My mom was trying to get me to. to she, that's like the, she knows a little, a little bit of, of like the that side of baseball slang and she's trying yeah. to get me to do it for pickle jar i'm like i don't think we can get away with that but we'll see we'll try it out we'll see anyway so so boyer's having a bad day and so he's just like i just want to go home you know hit hit the hay and and get it out of my mind so he gets he showers he gets dressed to go home and he walks out to the parking lot uh where two mafia goons were waiting for him now they jump him they put a bag over his head they tie him up and they stuff him into the trunk of their car and then they drive out to the desert. <laughs> they get out to the desert and they they you know take Boyer out of the car. And I'm imagining like a total like Breaking Bad scene going on. Yeah. There. And they threatened him and they said, "We're going to kill you." <laughs> and they were saying stuff like you know typical like Goodfellas like, "Who do you think you're messing with? You messed with the wrong guy." Uh, you know stuff like you're a dead man and we're gonna bury you out in the desert. Very matter of factly. And they did this for around a half hour. They had a gun to his head and were threatening him. See, I don't, th- I don't think this is a prank. <laughs> I would be terrified. This is horrifying. And I think that's Ken Boyer thinking, like, nobody would ever be this sociopathic to threaten to kill me and hire goons to do it, right? But that's the guy he was dealing with. So they're threatening Boyer for a half hour. Boyer, of, cr- of, of course, he's crying and pleading for his life. And then finally the goons are like, ah, you know, it's all a prank. Uh, ha ha! Everybody's laughing. You know, we got you good. Um, don't you look silly? 
and Boyer's like crying and like he's got snot coming out of his it's nose. It's like zip tied in the trunk. Yeah, man. Oh my god, super what? super funny prank. Hello, hello. Where, where are the cameras? Uh, and they're like, yeah. And so the goons give it up, and they're like, yeah, it's a prank. Uh, Drysdale and Sinatra were behind it all. Uh, and the famous quote there is because they called pranks bags. They're like, the bag's on you. And so it, it, it's really like the most horrifying prank I've ever heard. Oh, no. That, that is 100% not a prank. That is a threat never to mess with Don I, again. It's a promise. I, it's a threat. It's not a prank. I think it, was, it was also like, you know, the next time you step in the box against Don Drysdale, you're thinking about he will send goons out to, to kidnap you. <laughs> like... Like that I am so glad the story exists, but it's absolutely that, messed up. <laughs> that is beyond a prank. That is psychological warfare. <laughs> like, and, and like, I feel like, and I feel like Boyer's prank was definitely. They both crossed the line. Um, but I don't know. I I feel like he did set this. Like, I don't want to. Like, they're both equally at fault here. I want to say because Boyer's prank was horrible too. It's just also highly overshadowed overshadowed by how horrendous drysdale's prank was uh-huh yeah again not a it, prank glad it, it exists <laughs> and, and well, i see in the notes that they became teammates later on as well and then they became teammates what was that relationship like i have no idea and so like i said there were conflicting reports so there was another report that this happened when they were teammates and the year is not exactly given okay. uh but i i i don't know i like to believe that they weren't teammates before um but like i said there's not a lot of information behind this uh aside from that but the moral of the story is do not mess with don drysdale <laughs> like some pictures you just leave them alone <laughs> like uh, uh I, I still can't get over that prank and that they it, call it a prank it was a different well, time it, in the 60s that's exactly it it's the prank that two like you know very hardened men would pull in the 60s no and, and this like, is also very much like one of those movie moments where something went wrong and Ken yeah. Boyer does end up dead somehow. And then the yeah. goons like, what do we do? And it's a whole hilarious oh movie gosh. after that. That's hilarious. That's well, I'm sure choice. they pull it off. It's like a Fargo situation. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's just one of those things. It reminds me of like YouTube, like, like, I, I don't know. Like I feel like mid two thousands YouTube culture where like people no. would go into like a convenience store and throw stuff on the ground. They're like, ah, just a prank, bro. Or they uh. just like slap you in the face. They're like, ha. um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> don't mess with don drysdale we have uh, an equally horrifying prank coming up right after a word from our sponsors hey alex fast here and thanks for listening to this podcast on the pitcher list podcast network if you're a fan consider supporting all of us by getting a po plus subscription where you're going to get an ad free website and get access to our discord where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff plus you can hang out with our incredible pitcherless community it's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as eight dollars a month you can sign up at pitcherless.com backslash plus and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show and we're back. <laughs> uh, like I said, an equally horrifying prank. Uh, so after the first one, I feel like 
we set the bar very high, but I feel like this we next did. Prank... And I, I don't know if anything could be equally as horrifying as being driven out to the desert with two mob goons saying they're going to kill you while you're tied up I in just, the trunk. I just can't get over like Frank Sinatra's like, yeah, dude, I'll help you out. Like, I got this sounds, I got this sounds like a great idea. Sure. <laughs> like, old blue eyes. Like, uh, I just oh, I, anyway, we'll, we'll move on to the next one be, uh, because it's it's pretty great. Ooh, I, I, I do like this one, too. This is a good one. So, okay, so this one centers on a young pitcher in uh, the Philadelphia Phillies spring training uh, back in 2008. Uh, so this pitcher, he was his, uh, his name was Kyle Kendrick. Uh, he was in his second year in the big league, so still very much a, a fresh face in the clubhouse. Uh, and in spring training one day, he was called into Charlie Manuel, his manager's office, uh, and delivered some very bad news. Uh, surprise, he was being traded to the Yomiri Giants in Japan for a pitcher named Kobayashi. Ko- the Kobayashi? The Kobayashi. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so- it's either the hot dog eater or a great strategic mind from Starfleet. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Context clues. Um, so they actually, like, they, they hand him a copy of his new contract. They're like, here's your itinerary. <laughs> You're going to get in touch with our travel secretary. Uh, you have to be at the airport two hours before your 7 a.m. flight tomorrow morning. Essentially, the whole rundown they do for a real for a trade or, like, you know, thank you for your time on the team and all your effort. Best of luck to you. Except this time, best of luck to you in Japan. Hope you like uh, Mr. Baseball. And this is this is wild. Yeah, this is literally the plot of Mr. Baseball. So this is wild too because it's in 2008. So there's actual footage of this on YouTube that I uh, I was watching to prepare for this. This is just like you had mentioned that mid 2000s when pranks yeah. go too far. <laughs> yeah, and so so Kendrick he he you know he gets the news from Manuel in the man- manager's office, and you just see his face is like very stone cold, like oh my god, what's happening? I didn't know this was possible. Uh, but they give him all the paperwork, and so he's like stunned. And he walks out in the hallway. And he finds his teammate Brett Myers, and and he tells him the the news, and he's like, "What? Oh well, I, I hope we get someone good back, right?" And you know, it's like, "Sorry, dude." Um, and then Kendrick, he actually calls his agent, and his agent confirms the news. He's like, "Yeah, you know, but look, you know, oh, moving to Japan, look, it's it'll everyone. Be, it'll be better for you in the long run. You'll get I, more opportunities." I really hope that Kendrick and his agent had a really good relationship. Well. <laughs> We'll see. Okay. Uh, so then, the general manager of the Phillies, uh, Ruben Amaro, actually goes down in the in, into the the clubhouse in front of Kendrick's locker, where the media is waiting to interview him, and he briefs them uh, on the trade. Does says all the you know the you know the the organizational all the management things like yeah we're excited to give him this new opportunity all all the the eyewash right, and then Kyle Kendrick uh, steps in front of the reporters. And this guy is so stunned still. He's, like, pretty quiet. Um, and the one thing he can, like, think of to say to kind of lighten the situation, he's like, well, you know, do they have good food in Japan? Uh, and so a reporter, <laughs> and a reporter, you can hear a reporter goes, he's like, are you shocked? Which is like, what do you think, right? They just drag it out. They drag it out a little bit. And then his teammate, you know, who's who's up there, the guy you talked to in the hallway, actually, Brett Myers, he lets him know. He's like, ah, you just got punked exactly how he says it you can look at the video he does the whole like hi you got punked like like he's ashton kutcher or something uh, i'm so glad that we no longer say punked it's it was corny but uh everyone was in on it the phillies front office the manager the uh, traveling his own, secretary his own agent plus his teammates yeah the traveling secretary that's, members of the media that's commitment man 
like they got the media to to be quiet about this prank like there this was like a conspiracy this isn't even a prank anymore this is like a uh, like a 15 I, 20 person conspiracy I, I don't need to know why i get why because it could be <laughs> hilarious i get that but there's just so much effort <laughs> and you can and you can and as soon as they give up the prank like you just see the 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 relief wash over kendrick oh, right it's like oh my god like what is going on so everyone um, lived happily ever after right well not so much so you you had that no. question about his agent so kendrick actually fired his agent and he says <laughs> here's a quote from it he says i fired him that year and that was part of it that being the prank he's like i was upset about it because after that i went and talked to the media so if he had told me no it was just a prank uh you know on the phone like uh-huh. in between he said, I would have never talked to the media or I would have turned it around and I would have flipped it on them. And I agree. Like, if you're the guy's agent, yeah, okay, they, you do have some responsibility. You do. <laughs> like, you can't, like, and, and I think, like, yeah, maybe play along with it for a, maybe a couple seconds. But, yeah, you got to tell him. Like, that's, he's, he's, he's your guy. Yeah, you got to look out for him. employed. <laughs> like, you can't, and you also got to know your, your guy yeah, that was, a little better, too. That was a costly like, mistake. Yeah, because there there are players that that you know would find this really funny. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Kendrick was traumatized, and I think very justifiably. But yeah, and because if you tell him it's a prank, you know Kendrick can go to the media right after and like you know prank them back, right? Which is all 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 fair. Oh yeah. So yeah, he actually fired his agent, and I I can't I can't blame him. No, you can't blame him at all. <laughs> I would be really bitter about all of this. Uh, so but uh, to his credit, so the Phillies GM he later apologized. And of course, he shifted the blame. He's like, "Ah, it was the, the veteran players, you know, put me up to it." Now, the one person that w- refused to apologize was his teammate Brett Myers, who called it the greatest <laughs> prank. He said it was the greatest prank of all time in the MLB, and he actually he this is true. He said MLB net network ranked it the number one prank of all time which they did <laughs> I, I love that people are getting fired everyone's feels bad but the guy who set the prank up says i regret nothing no like like and i feel like that's such a like teammate thing to say oh like, yeah 100 yeah, it, it was great like and i can't i'd do it again i can't blame him either like just because yeah if you pulled off something that ridiculous but he actually credits the prank uh to a reporter for uh you know a philly news network named leslie uh, goodell who actually was inspired by a similar prank that was pulled years earlier by a Phillies pitcher named Larry Anderson uh, that was unsuccessful. So Meyer said it was her <laughs> idea and he just mean, you know, put all the pieces together. Right. And he said he, he spent two weeks coordinating with the press, the front office and his teammates to set it all up. I can't imagine a front office like, wasting their time like this actually i can't because you have to remember they're, they're still just like regular people like oh yeah. man this be kind of funny let's do this that's true that's true and it is spring training too yeah. it's not like the middle of the season so, okay that's a good point but this is great so so myers is like essentially his stance is uh you know suck it up right and he's he has oh, yeah. like no remorse to it and and when asked about it he's like you know it's not as bad as what i had to go through right he says uh, i had guys take my clothes and put them in ice and freeze them they put them in a bucket of water, then put it in the freezer, all my clothes, and then I came back to a block of ice with my clothes in it. Baseball is all about pranks and being funny and having fun. That's, None that's of pretty that is good funny too. or having fun. I, that's I kind know, of funny. Like, that's kind of funny. I'd laugh. It's, it's funny, but like, I don't know. <laughs> baseball pranks, I feel like, just take it just too far. <laughs> like, well, you're, it's a group of guys together for like an entire year. They see each other. They live with each other. They are each other's lives, yeah. and it's just a fraternity that gets 
their personalities just go insane together and they have True. to do things like this in order to stay sane very and just because it's funny you, you can't throw a whole bunch of 20 year old guys together and not get this to come out <laughs> you can't Oh man, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I could see that all, all being true, but I just feel like the two, both of these pranks were just so horrible, <laughs> like, for different reasons, of course. Um, I know. I, I still think the uh, mafia ki- threatening to kill Boyer might take the cake here. <laughs> oh, I think it does too. But I just like, like poor Kyle Kendrick. Like, I think it, it definitely be go, have gone over better if it's like you know a veteran or or of course it's harder to pull off against those guys uh, yeah not like the fresh face you know uh guy who's just trying to love stick it. around love but, it uh yeah anyway that was uh our our, our prank our prank war segment we uh, might bring it back yeah. i'm What's sure we next? will this is above there's a bunch of them yeah. all right so up next we have another segment of the pickle jar talking about baseball's lexicon uh this week we have one i haven't heard before a bug bruiser. Have you heard that okay. before? Bug bruiser? No, but I can use my context clues to kind of get a guess for, for what it is. All right, what you got? So I I know that we've done the worm burner on this on this uh, podcast that is a sharp ground ball that kind of doesn't bounce, right? So I feel like it would be, you know, tangentially related to that, right? A bug bruiser. That makes sense. You, you hit a ball on the ground and it's, it's bruising bugs. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Sure, something like that. Um, so that's 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 my that's guess. guess. A friend of the show, Courtney, I uh, asked her, and she said, "Well, maybe it's a big home run that goes up to the lights where all the moths are." That's a lot more fun that, than my. That guess. sounds much better. Yeah, um, and, and it's so often the case, uh, things that Courtney makes up are way better than the actual turn themselves. Yeah. Uh, so you're right. It's just a sharp ground ball. Okay. It's not very fun. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that. Like Courtney has like good guesses, but I feel like that specifically could totally be a great like that's like oh, a yeah. shot, right? Like I feel like the And the there's a bug bruiser from Stanton. Yeah. Sure. Watch out, moths. Yeah. We suddenly like, become nineteen thirty radios radio announcers. Well it gives me the the like mental image of Roy Hobbs hitting a ball like right. into the lights, right? Roy Hobbs against the super bars hit a bug bruiser today. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, so the origin, um, I can't find the exact origin, but I imagine it's pretty fair to say, okay, it's probably a common thing, bug bruiser. Uh, but the earliest reference I can find from it came from 1874 when Dev- Devlin, a right fielder for the White Stockings, there's a White Sox nonsense again with Soxes, uh, sent a bug bruiser to center, which scored the run. I'm sorry, did you say his name was Dev Devlin? No, Devlin. Not Dev Dev, just I I can't find first names in newspapers, oh. so it's just Devlin. <laughs> it's like that's a good baseball. I wanted to Dev, say Devin. Devin at first, so I stuttered Devlin. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean that's a that's a good one. I feel like we could branch out from like bugs and then you know violent verb, uh, you know, because I feel like it's just like it's a good term. It's just too close to worm burner. So like one of them has to be. I mean, you just call it like a lawnmower. Hey, look at that oh, lawnmower. That's a good one. Yeah. Man, okay. We need to write. We need to start writing these down. <laughs> we need to. We need to write write all these down, and then we can. We can, I don't know. We can have. And, and, and then one day we'll do a, a recap of game using only outdated baseball terms. I still think we should. We should do that. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. <laughs> well, all right, Bug Bruiser. You learn a new term. Uh, well, quite literally every day you listen to this show, right? Get smarter with short hops. Get smarter or at least more unstable. Uh, hey. Anyway, if you enjoyed what you heard today, 
please do not go and uh, kidnap anybody and then drive them out to the desert and threaten their lives. Instead, what you should do is follow is freeze their clothes. Freeze their clothes. Okay, that's a little more in the gray area. That might be fun. Uh, follow Short Hops and Tall Tales on Twitter at Short Hops PL. Uh, follow Brandon at BD Riddle and myself at Noah A. Scott 6. And subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please leave a review. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Uh, prank your enemies. Uh, do not prank Don Drysdale. And for Brandon Riddle, I'm Noah Scott. And this has been the Short Hops and Tall Tales podcast. See you next time.